Hello, welcome back to another episode of CrowdWorkCast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, this week, it's nice to be back hosting. Uh, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with the guest host. Uh, the guest wasn't much, uh, but the guest host was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm back to normal format this week. Uh, uh, it's me hosting and a guest. And this week's guest is a Canberra comedian by the name of Vanessa Conlon. Uh, Vanessa, I met uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, I went down and did a gig in Canberra and she was on the bill and she was very, very funny. And since then, we've worked together a number of times and she's always been very, very funny. Um, this was a good chat. This was a fun chat because I really didn't know a whole lot about Vanessa um, other than, you know, I'd worked with her and she was very funny. Um, so it was really good just to get to uh, find out a lot uh, about Vanessa. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting, fun chat. Um, now, I should give her some plugs because Vanessa's got a show coming up in the Canberra Comedy Festival uh, very, very soon. Uh, so on March 24 and 25, she'll be doing a uh, show as part of a double feature with Tanya Lozano. Uh, the show is called Double Feature and they'll be on at the Civic Pub. Uh, so if you're in Canberra, Get on down there. It's uh, Friday the 24th and Saturday the 25th of March as part of the Canberra Comedy Festival. They'll be doing their show double feature at the Civic Pub, 7pm uh, on the Friday and Saturday night. So get along to see that. Uh, if you want to find out more about Vanessa, you can check her out on Twitter. She is Vanessa Louise 85 And uh, on Instagram, I think she's V Conlon. Um, I should probably give my, uh, my show another quick plug. Uh, I will be at the Sydney Comedy Festival this year from the 17th to the 21st of May. I'll be performing at the Enmore Laneway, the Enmore Theatre. Um, I've put that, uh, put a, a bunch of uh, links to tickets and stuff on my website, so you can check that out by going to andrewbarnettcomedy.com. Other than that, uh, enough of the plugs. Let's get into the episode. Please enjoy this, episode 23 with Vanessa Conlon. happening all right 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 all right new episode hello mate what's your name uh my name is vanessa conlon vanessa conlon and uh is it true that you're on a uh you're on a hens day weekend as we speak i vanessa? am yep hens like what this is i think you're my first guest who's on a hens uh, party <laughs> as we speak um what uh, is there a list a list you know how like hens, oh, no. See, hens is... things often there's like, you know, a list of things that the hen has to tick off. What's going on with that? I don't know. Look, I suppose it's probably representative of how I feel about hens night as to why I'm doing a podcast now and doing a gig later tonight. <laughs> oh, you're doing a gig as well. Yes. Wow. You are the, the hens party special, aren't you? I you're am. It. I love a hens night. Oh, I just, I don't know about the list. I think now that I'm in my 30s. Um, like I went to quite a few hens nights in my twenties and I reckon there was a few of them that I was really into. And I look back now and I'm just like, that's not fun. That's <laughs> stupid. So I don't know about this list. Um, I don't think this one has a list. I think the girls brought up in this group chat that we had when it was getting organized. Oh, let's come up with a bunch of dares for people to do. And I just said, I think 30 year olds and dares laid out at night. So it's probably a bit lame. <laughs> Oh, so you pooped the party even though you're not going to be there for most of it. I think I must have. Well, I don't know. This is going to be – this is actually probably the best concept of a hen's night that I've probably attended because there is no wedding. It's just her and her fiancé and a couple of really close people just signing a piece of paper and I'm like, that's the best idea. I'm not a big fan of weddings either. So, (laughs) so, okay, so this this hen Mm -hmm. is having a hen's party. Mm Mm-hmm. But not a wedding. Yes. She doesn't know she's even having the hen's party. So she just what? knows that her sisters are going to take her out tonight. So okay. This is this is baffling. And the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's basically going, I don't want a wedding because I don't like a fuss. Or what, what's, the, what's the reason behind the no wedding? Do you know? I reckon, oh, look, who knows? It could be that she's just you know, super trendy and has picked up on the fact that weddings aren't going to be a thing very soon. Oh, controversial. Um, Or she's just bloody practical and would rather spend the money on a house deposit and maybe a nice holiday. 
Yeah, that, I mean, there is that. I mean, wedding. I see everyone says, "Oh, weddings aren't going to be a thing." I can't see it going away. Really? See, I've yeah. seen, uh, and it probably helps that um, in the family there are people within the wedding business industry, like photography and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but and maybe it's a Canberra thing as well. But I've seen weddings not be a big deal and then be totally outrageous as well. And I'm like, there's got to be a peak where it's going to go back down again. Yeah, I, I just think they've always <laughs> been that way. Like. If you look at like it's like old like very like some some cultures it's still a massive like festival. True. So I, I just can't see it going away completely. It's like everyone goes, Oh marriage, marriage. Well, uh, maybe not away completely, but just take the pretentiousness away from it a bit. Like I said, maybe it's a Canberra thing. Yeah, but I think some people love that. That's what they like about <laughs> the wedding too. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind weddings. I um oh, I've been to quite a few. I end up emceeing them all now. Yeah. So it's not of a of course. You probably only get the invites of it. Oh, thanks. I like think joking. I'm a good friend as well. But no, <laughs> there's definitely a couple that I only got the invite because uh, I'm the MC. But it's um no, it's 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 uh I don't mind them. I, I I don't mind a wedding. But the hens, so the hen, this is a hens without an, a wedding. Yeah, that's um that's unusual. It it is different, yeah. But that, I'm not going to say I don't like it. Yeah. I think <laughs> well, you you get in the better part of it. Probably. Yeah. So you don't like a good reception where you're on the free piss and just enjoying yourself? Uh, I do, but I I think I find it... Oh, this is a really good question. I don't know why I don't enjoy them that much. I think I look at the bride and the groom and I see the work that they're doing and how stressed some of them are. And I think, why have such a big event if you're not going to enjoy it yourself? And so that's probably what I don't... Why I kind of look... Plus, you know what? I've never been even close to marriage, so maybe it's just me being bitter and twisted. <laughs> well, see, that's I don't like. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think I ever look at the bride and groom and worry about. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if I'm just mm. a guest at a wedding, yeah, like I'm just happy they're happy, but I'm also just like, all right, let's get to know the people on this table. Let's find yeah. out what the story is. Let's, let's, uh, what's what's the table wine? What's the red? Is it nice? Yeah, okay, that's all right. Let's have a heap of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I, I suppose it depends on the wedding. Like yeah. I've found, um, I've been to a few weddings where I don't really know anyone, yeah. um, except my wife, like, you know, they're probably the, the best ones I reckon. <laughs> I went to one in Canberra. Actually, I went to an engagement party in yeah. Canberra, um, where I didn't know anyone. Mm. Uh, and, um, Nat, my wife, she, she was, it was one of her like group of school friends and yeah. they, they've all gone different ways and live in different places and whatever. And, um, so the, each of their partners, we didn't really know a whole lot. Yeah. So me and these two other blokes just, just up. well, we just tried to drink the place dry and we did, <laughs> um, of, uh, yeah, ran we, out of the, they ran out of beer, the and, then beer they ran, yeah. and we went on to, um, we were, ended up on the, we were drinking whiskey by the end <laughs> of the nice. night. And, uh, yeah, I just remember seeing, we bumped into one of the other couples the mm. next morning, um, when we were going to get breakfast and he looked how I felt. <laughs> Um, my God. Because you do pretty well not to look how you feel. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I looked great. Yeah, right. But he he looked... <laughs> rough as guts. Rough as guts. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then that, that wedding was a good one too. Yeah. So, but um, and yeah, it was that was one of those ones that mm. don't really know anyone. But that was the wedding where this was amazing. Um, yes. The <laughs> groom got drunk like before his speech. Oh, God. And in his initial speech forgot to mention the bride um did mention his ex at one point but, oh okay um, well you know not in if you're gonna do terms. something right you do it <laughs> yeah but uh yeah managed to uh manage to forget his, forget his bride well, in his speech he could come back with that in a good way by saying you know she's obviously that important to me yeah well maybe <laughs> but it's one of those things it's funny because that that is like because i've been to weddings where like the you know there's really nice speeches and they seem yeah. so in love and stuff and that that just breaks down that marriage is going strong and they yeah. are they are as solid as you'll ever see as a couple so um yeah i don't know maybe maybe fucking up in the speech maybe that's like where you really <laughs> she's like okay if it, it, it you know it, it, 
I know who I've got. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good wedding in the end. It was really nice, but uh, very funny. It was especially the as funny ones. Got, yeah, they're good. Well, I didn't because I you know I didn't really know anyone. Again, yeah. Once again, when you're not you were that taking invested, everything for face value and well, you can yeah. you can watch the car crash of a, a groom's <laughs> speech and sort of see it as something funny because you're not emotionally invested. But uh, oh my god, it would have been uh, yeah. I, I uh, that was that was still. I still think, do I misremember that? But I'm pretty sure, like, I've talked to my wife. She remembers it the same way. And, uh, yeah, very, very odd. But um, well, I went to a great a, wedding. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. I went to a wedding um, up at Jindabyne. Oh, This nice. is about speeches. Um, and <laughs> the father of the groom got up and did a speech. And, like, at this wedding, I actually got really quite drunk. Um, wow. Because That's unusual at a wedding. <laughs> well, my child was in a different state to me. I didn't have to worry about that. Yep. Somebody else was driving home the next day. So I had no responsibilities and it was completely carefree. And so I was just like, right, I can really enjoy this. That's probably what it is. Maybe I've got like external responsibilities I'm constantly always looking at. Yeah, mate. Um, the effort that goes into attending a wedding sometimes and, you know, the things that you've left behind. There probably is that too. Yeah, for, for that just occurred to me then. Because uh, it, it takes Nat a, a lot longer. And yeah. there's a lot more thought and effort goes into mm. um, a wedding for her. For me, um, it's especially if I'm not emceeing it. It's, it's oh, yeah, basically um, maybe I have to dry clean my suit. And, <laughs> and that's probably done it already. <laughs> and which tie did Nat tell me to, to wear, wear because it goes with her dress? And that's about it. Perfect. Yeah. Jeez, that's what you want. Occasionally, I've been to a couple where, I've, you know, a little bit stressful. I went to one where I forgot to bring my belt. Um, Shit. So I had to go buy a belt in yeah. the morning, which... Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, that we've is, all we've all got difficult. our challenges, don't we? <laughs> Sorry, it. the speech, no, the Jindabyne right. speech. So the father and bride got up, and so I was really drunk, um, to the point where I just wasn't really paying attention to very much else. And um, we didn't know many people at this wedding, but my two best friends were there with their husbands, who are also very close. I'm very close with, and um, the dad just kept talking and talking, and he was talking about the most random things, like, like cars or you know the weather from yesterday. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, like I've got that little like voice in the back of my head going, Vanessa, are you that drunk or is he really saying these things? I'm looking at my friends on the opposite side of the table to me and they're all like wide-eyed looking around. People at the – there were beautiful long tables that we were sitting at. So people we didn't know at the end of the long tables were looking down and we were kind of exchanging these looks of what the – and then all of a sudden he just put his glass up in the air and said, so cheers, and got it down from the mic and we just thought – what the fuck was that? That's that's one of my favourite things too is seeing people unaccustomed to public speaking just get them in a crack. He loved it though. He yeah. was Oh, it's um because it's it's the thing like uh, especially if you're the father of the bride mm. or um you know especially there's that thing and some guys take it really seriously and they've never given a speech and they're just like oh <laughs> what do I do you know and it's there's nothing better than seeing the guy who um who's you know. Not necessarily, Captain. Let's talk about our feelings. Yeah. Trying to encapsulate <laughs> the, the the feeling and the the pride of seeing his daughters grown up. And, yeah, you know, and trying to you know give the give the groom the the stamp of approval at the same time, sort of giving the, the mm. this is this is my daughter. Um, you know, you, you know, make her happy, sort of a a thing. And because that's a lot of emotions swirling oh, around. Totally, I imagine. In, in a guy who's sometimes not super accustomed to mm. talking about their feelings, um, one feeling sometimes is too many for these guys, and so now they're, they're faced with lots of different feelings, mm. and they don't all—they're not all the same feelings. Some of them are sad, some of them are happy, some of them are just plain confusing for a guy who doesn't think about his feelings. And then they get up and they go, "Okay, how do I encapsulate this in a six-minute speech?" Mm. Well, you know, it'd be a shame not to mention the weather. So you, you got to cover up all those things. I love those speeches. Just guys giving it a crack. I love the ones where they come up with heaps of confidence and they've obviously Googled speeches and then changed some names or something. Um, and they, because when you're in like the habit of writing jokes and you hear them like throw out a joke um, and you're like, I think to myself, that's so not funny. But then 95% of the audience laughs and I'm like, I say audience. I mean like guests. Yeah. <laughs> Audience, look at you. You are uh, this guy's. Cr- you look at you are super like um. Comic, that's that comic bitterness of like 
That's so that's hack, nothing. man. I don't that's so <laughs> hack. Look at these idiots <laughs> laughing. Oh, yeah, sure. If you want to play to the... Says me with my fair share of hack jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Crowd pleases. I think that's all of us. But, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is funny. I love the guys who, uh, you know, the best man who gets up and he's got some dirt and it's like that funny... Um, yeah. Where, where it's a funny story between, you know, the guys that were there. Mm. Um, but they're not classic storytellers themselves, so yeah. they they miss the bit, and so it just ends the up. The arc is a little bit. They're, they're off so and excited <laughs> about telling this story, and you just and then like, they backtrack, and then they come back to the yeah. <laughs> you just like well, you had to be there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I do. I love a good wedding. I yeah. love a good wedding speech. That same wedding, the groom got up, and his wife um, is quite. Um, I suppose you could call her a princess, but she's. You know, she will own up to that, no worries. But well, you know, <laughs> she, she's genuine royalty. Yeah, the <laughs> husband gets up, and what he said basically was, and again, I've heard this a million times, so it was even more unimpressive. He goes, uh, I'd say I love you with all my heart, but my dick is bigger. And we all just went, Did he just say that? He just That's said that. Fantastic. <laughs> and then the wedding ended at 10 o'clock. Really? Yeah. Well, she was keen to go get a look at his heart. I pretty much think so. <laughs> that is. My, that is, yeah. I, he's got a, man. He's a brave man. Could be, that could be like, you know, oh, I'm a pea heart too. Like he's not, it's not necessarily a brag, is it? I, it, I don't think it was a brag. I think he thought it was really funny, but it wasn't well received by the guests. <laughs> Can you? Um, yeah, that's the thing too. Is I love that that mm. that misunderstanding of you looking around the room and just clocking. You say, well, does her grandma want to hear this? You know what I mean? Like, because definitely often, she definitely does. Right, it's going in the speech. <laughs> yeah, there's often elderly relatives. It'd yeah. be a shame, be a shame if grandma went home not knowing that her grand, her sweet granddaughter's not getting great dick. Oh, um, I would be very upset if that wasn't the case. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like weddings. <laughs> weddings are yeah. There's either the speeches. There's not a lot of middle ground I find with the speeches. They're yeah. either really good or just, just like oh wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and by amazing, I mean a train wreck. Yeah. Oh, there. What the worst bit is? Like, I'd rather watch you know the the best of and the worst of. It's when they go forever and everyone's given 15 minutes and everyone gets a Guernsey, mm. and I'm just like oh, and that's when they don't do table service either. And those are also the weddings that don't leave wine bottles on the table. And I'm like, do I need to make a phone call? Do I need to slide down underneath the table? (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm all about the... um, (gasps) At a wedding, like pre the pre-dinner, I'm I'm generally on the beers. Um, So if those speeches are going a long time, my back teeth are floating. I'm like, (laughs) wow, I need to get... uh, And there's never... Like, there's those weddings too. It's always the, the actual... Toilets are mm. somewhere adjacent to where the speeches are being made, and so there's no subtle way to really get there. And then, yeah, when the speeches finally mm. finish, and see, women probably miss out on this more than one wedding I've been to. The, the speeches finish, and it's that rush to the toilets <laughs> and that urinal conversation about, geez, those speeches went forever, didn't they? Like, yeah, they'd like. A bit of a, a debrief goes on yeah. at, the, at the urinal. Oh, we we yell over the the walls sometimes. Uh. Yell over the washing wall. Washing hands. Yeah, washing hands. I that can, can take as long as a slash sometimes, I suppose. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, well, there's a, you, I just girls, said you girls could do it in the, you girls could do it in wine. That's right. it's generally a line <laughs> for the ladies. God, I don't think I've ever said the word slash, and I feel dirty. That that's the point. You feel dirty. Yeah. Not not retelling the uh, I love you with all my heart, but my dick's better. No, because I'm not responsible for those words. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> retelling the story. You just really want to hammer home that you've uh, travelled up from Canberra. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the hands. Um, yes. Just getting back to this. So mm. you've been on lots of hands. Can you. you please? What? Why? Why do they have the lists? Because I the amount of hens I've come across in my uh, time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and often the list um, will include something. I don't know if it's a if it's a um, overtly stated yeah. uh, thing to tick off, but generally it's definitely something to tick off. Is um, uh, interrupt com- comedy night? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I've been to more comedy nights where a bucks party has interrupted the night. Yeah. Oh, that don't, don't get me wrong. Bucks yeah. party and hens party are both um, just as <laughs> just as great as each other. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't. I mean, I don't even mind them. But yeah. it's one of those things where 
I think any party, like, you know, you do some yeah. gigs at Christmas where there's, you know. A office party. Office Christmas yeah. party there. It's like anything where there there's an internal social mm. situation going on within a group in a section of the audience does make it a bit They're difficult. in their own bubble and yeah. we're but here to entertain them. Why, why on the hands, why is it that some women aren't having fun unless they're ticking shit off a list? Like, what is that? I don't know. It's a really good question. I mean, every hands party I've been on and I've had to organise a few and I'm, I'm good at organising myself and then by extension my child sometimes. But other than that. Sometimes. <laughs> Not even going to rate that as all the no. time. Um, but then after that, you know, I'm like, you're on your own, ladies. But I think maybe it's some people's just, you know, heavy desire to be in control or to organise something. Maybe it's women's inability to get together when you don't know each other so much to just have that general chit-chat step. I mean, men organise Bucks Nights, just like pub, sporting event, whatever, and you just – there's nothing else. No other organisation. Rock up. Yeah. Whereas oh, with us, no we – theme. Yeah. There's a theme. Um, everyone has to – we all put in money and then everything's booked in and then we have like a banquet dinner and here's your list, here's your lanyards, here are the pegs that you need to try and collect from each other by making them say, oh, my God, her husband's name. <laughs> it's all these what? games and What stuff is like that, that game? It's even like baby showers. And I fucking hate a baby shower as well. Oh, my God. I think I'm a really awful person to be around. But that's just it's a constant thing of games. Like even tonight, not that there's anything wrong with it, ladies. Sorry, Jess. Um, yeah, there's a list of games. There's um, We've booked into Opera Bar at one time and... Uh, everything's kind of got a certain amount of like a time to be here at this time. We're going to leave at this time. We've got taxis books. We've got a reservation here. It, I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah, Bucks. Uh, and, but they love it too. I think the people who organise these things um, are, are really quite happy and proud about it and but also get stressed out about it when someone's a little bit late or yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I think it might be. I, and I'm working on a theory. It's like, you know, how New Year's Eve and... <laughs> Um, like th- those sort of days, yeah. the New Year's, the um, uh, even your uh, a little bit your St. Patrick's day oh, yeah. sometimes. You know how it brings out the amateurs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Let them shine. Who, yeah, the people who don't drink that much or go out that much <laughs> and are just going to lay it all on the line <laughs> on this one night. Yeah. And they just get too excited, whereas the, the, the people that do – and so maybe that's the thing too is the the – the people that organise the hens or organise the bucks are so just like, this is going to be the best. Amazing, yeah. I remember the when it clicked for me that it is way better to have a house party for New Year's with all your mates sitting around just chilling out oh, yeah, than it is to go out to, to the harbour and, you know, watch the fireworks. Oh, ne- I'll never go out on a New Year's ever again. I say that and it might happen this year. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I find that. It's anything where I have to then like, okay, the fun's over. Now you've got three hours to try and battle your way home. No. Oh, no, I'm out. Done. Done. Especially to the other thing of um, lining up to get a drink. Mm. It's just, yeah, too much. Maybe I'm just an old man, but that's... um, Oh, look, I could be an old woman. Who knows? (laughs) But (laughs) it's just, I think you just, (laughs) you value your time, I think. And there's nothing worse than lining up, waiting for anything. I don't. I'm a very patient person and I'm happy to wait for something when I know it's going to come. But if I'm at a point where I don't know if something's going to come, even if it takes me longer to get the thing, as long as I'm on, like in action getting it, yeah, it sits better with me. Yeah, yeah. Just some, um, sort of, some sort of forward momentum. Yeah. And so I bet you're I a s- lane changer in traffic. I'm not actually. I'm a very slow, I'd like to say safe, driver. I'd like to say safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there evidence to the contrary, is there? No, I, I've never really had an accident or anything. I just... I don't know what it is, but I have a, like a bit of a white knuckled driving all the time. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's since I had a child and I realise if something happens to me, this is going to be quite devastating or I don't know what it is, but I, this is why I don't like to drive to comedy gigs. I prefer to walk or catch a train because I'm not preparing for it in my head. I'm thinking about what every other person on the road in front of me, around me is doing. Probably also is because I used to have my own business where I delivered things. And wow, if you're a white knuckle driver, delivery is I'd, the go. <laughs> well, and the thing is in Canberra as well, and I was in Canberra at the time, um, we're spoilt with these beautiful wide roads. 
um, but no one knows how to drive on them. And the number of accidents I've almost been in, and if it's not for me, like really paying attention to the road, also knowing that I've got a schedule to keep to. So I'm like already operating at a very high level of let's call it stress, but good stress. Um, the number of things I've seen that have almost happened just scare the absolute crap out of me. Well, yeah, I, Canberra, I, I'm just thinking Canberra, you're blessed with roads. You're blessed with roundabouts. Holy <laughs> shit. There's... I like a roundabout. Yeah, you, like you'd have to living in Canberra. But um, <laughs> do, do you find the ones though, the, where the only place in Canberra I find there's, um, there's where there's problems and like you say, people don't know how to mm. use the roads is sometimes too many lanes on a roundabout, it does get confusing. I was entering a medium-sized roundabout with my mother once and she was on the outside lane and she went to take the third exit. And when she was going around, I could see like four or five cars stopping in the wrong spots around. And mum had no idea. I'm like, mum, you can't. <laughs> You're yeah. in the wrong lane. She's like, oh, well, nothing happened. It's fine. And I'm like, do you do this often? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, man, okay, you're on the traffic podcast. <laughs> I know. Andrew Isn't that terrible? Yeah. God. So, we need to be in a helicopter for this one. So, Canberra. Yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, I was born in Sydney, but I yep. grew up in Canberra. So, my dad was in the Navy, so we moved around Australia oh, a lot. Obviously, that great seafaring city that is Canberra. I know. The Navy. <laughs> well, when my parents split up, uh, we were in Canberra, and yep. then that's kind of where my siblings and I stayed. So, I grew up there, but as soon as I finished high school, I moved to go to uni, um, and I only moved back... Where'd you go to uni? Uh, Wagga Wagga, Charles Sturt University. Nice, yeah. nice down the uh, the Riverina. The Riverina. <laughs> yeah, and um, what uh, what did we study at university? Um, I studied a few different things. I changed oh, degrees really? several times. Okay, and never Talk completed. Oh, okay, I first went there and did uh, nutrition and dietetics. Oh, that's what my sister does. Oh yeah, she's a uh, clinical dietitian. Does she Big love it? Shout out to Joe Barnett. There <laughs> in Newcastle, she does actually. Yeah, she loves answering See, my stupid questions. You gotta. That's what I really realised. Like you gotta love what you do because it takes so much time away from every other aspect of your life. And I just, I did one day of prac, and I'm like, I hate this. Like I like the science behind it; it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. Um, so after six months, I changed again to med science. Oh, la di da. Well, not really, because. I was doing that because I wanted to get into medicine, but you needed to do that post as a postgrad. Yep. Um, but basically it's just lab work, which I also really like the theories behind it and the science behind it, but uh, didn't like the practical aspect of it. Um, I would, it boring. The practical aspect. As you like the theories, but found the practical boring. What's yeah, going on there? I like the science. I like the knowledge. I like, because yeah. I'm a scientist in I my head. I just don't want to use it. Yep. <laughs> That's Pretty fantastic. Much. Pretty much. Um, so, so uh, look, I like knowing I can drive, but I don't want to have to drive. Like that's yeah. that's fantastic. It's like it's like that um, kind of for the most part. If someone said to me, "Oh, do you think you can do this?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I can do that." I don't want to do it, but it's just knowing that you're capable and or just like learning. I like learning. I just don't like studying. Says me who you just get a job in academia. Well, I just entered back into uni this year. Oh, so. really? <laughs> Okay, so we'll get to that. But okay. I want to I want to know through. So we went med science, med science, and you went experiments. Yucky. Well, it wasn't experiments. It was just um, you're doing like pathology, like you're testing blood and urine, and um, so it's a lot of writing out labels. Who doesn't love that? Urine. I can't imagine. <laughs> but it, in itself, it's very interesting. But just doing it day after day after day. It tastes weird, but it smells amazing as well. Oh yeah, that mm. must be. That'd be. See, I'm I'm a bit clumsy. I'd I spill things too much. Oh mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you wear like plastic aprons uh, and gloves and all sorts of things. Um, but then I went from there to science teaching because the the idea of changing subjects like courses for the first time um, was actually like high anxiety for me because I'm, I'm not a quitter. I'm just like, I, I don't like this. I don't know what to do because I, I didn't see leaving as an option. Yep. And then I spoke to my course coordinator and he said, there's nothing wrong with making decisions as long as you keep making decisions. And I was like, I don't know if it sounds like keep on keeping on, but whatever it was, the way he said it to me, I was just like, okay. And I was re willing to take any excuse that somebody else legitimized in order to get out of this course because I wasn't enjoying it and yeah, I didn't yeah, want to do it for enough. another three years. Um, so I changed and because I'd done it once, I was like, I can change again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> change again. I need to keep making decisions. And, um, but I was just trying to look at where it was going to take me. I'm a bit, bit of an end game kind of person. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, at the very least I need to be able to be employable. 
So I thought, well, science teaching. I'll get a science degree. I like the science. That's going to open up options for me and teaching is always a backup. What could possibly go wrong with, uh, you know, having to actually teach kids? (laughs) Do you know what the funny thing is? I really enjoyed it. I really liked standing up in front of people and having them listen to me. Yeah. (laughs) Who'd have thought it? Um, But I didn't like the idea of teaching the same stuff to the same level of people year after year after year like that that idea kind of oh you look too far down the road i do and it yeah. messes with my brain <laughs> that's not good so i was like well i'll pull that now i'll change something else but by that time i had a baby so um that took um priority then and then after she became a bit more independent i was just like well i need i need a job so i went back to study and did pharmacy and almost got there <laughs> but then i realized i didn't want to be a pharmacist either you couldn't just like maybe finish the degree. No, I don't want to sound like your mom no, or no, your no. dad. It's so true though. Finish like you didn't. You just were like because you know mm. once you get the degree, you don't have to do that for the rest of your life. Well, we're not living in in a socialist state where like okay, this is your job, you do it forever. I actually you can change. That was my mindset when I was in like primary school and high school. Like the stress that I experienced trying to choose subjects to study in year twelve was so stupid that once I left and got to uni and realised it doesn't matter. No. Any opportunity someone said, oh, can you recommend, because I used to tutor maths to high school students, um, can you help my daughters choose what subjects they want to do? I said, just do what you enjoy because you'd rather, you know, enjoy learning and have the motivation to study rather than trying to get into something that you may not use later on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as especially too with the way um, the way university works mm. is it you don't necessarily need to have no i know st- that now studied <laughs> like it's, it's it's all about that what do they call it now uai your entry yeah. number it's all about that do yeah, whatever you can to get the highest like one of them and no prerequisites to get into uni from high school when it comes to the subjects in high school yeah but that's what we're oh, made to I mean, think there's probably a couple there's probably i think medicine you've got to have a little bit of science but oh yeah you've got to be able to pass a, a test before then anyway but yeah there's so many different pathways Mm. All um, right, we've veered into an education podcast. We it? have. Oh, my goodness. I thought um, we are going to talk about the lols. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so pharmacy, almost yeah, got there. And almost got there. Well, this is when, this is again like the whole end game aspect of the way my brain works. Um, and also being a parent and really valuing my time and where it was spent on doing whatever. Yeah. And when it came to pharmacy, I was in that point in the degree where I had two subjects left but they were year-long subjects and one was a prerequisite for the other one. And then I had to then follow it up with, in order to graduate, an unpaid internship that went for three quarters of the year. So it was three years extra of doing stuff in a career that I knew I didn't want to have. And I'm like, I need to spend those three years doing something else. And that's when I left pharmacy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So (laughs) what what was it after pharmacy? It was work. What what are we doing for work? Uh, Canberra, which, which public service are we in? Oh, actually... This is funny. I was doing pharmacy when I was working. So after I'd had Chloe and she was now in daycare, I started working at the uni because... Why not? Why not? It was right next to where my house was, right next to where the daycare was and I had a lot of experience in the role that I got. Yep. Um, but I wanted more. Like, again, I couldn't see that job going anywhere. I, was, I felt like I was capped at my salary, at my opportunities. Um, so that's when I entered into pharmacy and my boss was very generous. He said, I want to keep you. How about, because I was working on the campus and my subjects were all on campus. Do you want to give it a crack doing uni at the same time as this job? And I'm like, I would love that. Yeah. Because nobody wants to go back to student well, wages. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point I was also a single mom. So the only income was going to be mine. Um, oh, the kid didn't have a job. No. Nah. Nothing that was really blood bringing anything other than just germs. Kids, <laughs> that was her nothing salary. Nothing but blood. <laughs> just ugh, leech. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I did that, and then eventually I loved the study and the parenting aspect, obviously, um, over the job. So the job fell away because there was just not enough time in mm. the world. And then after that, I was just like, oh, I, I don't want to spend three more years doing this because then I was on, you know, student slash a government pension for being a parent. And I'm like, I don't want to do this for three years. It's not enjoyable when you can't like spend your money or take your child, you know, to the zoo or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, mm, might have to put a pin in this one as well. And so, so what was after that? 
I'm now trying to think. This is taking me to... I think that's when I went back to Canberra. Oh, that's right. I got a job at a university in Canberra. I remember now. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Which which uh, Canberra University? University of Canberra. Oh. Yeah. U of C. Yes, U C. Um, And after five months, I didn't like that either. <laughs> wow. What were you doing there? <laughs> I was working in student residences, um, but not with the residences themselves. So with the university because they didn't at the time have a residence life um, office or department, which every university should have if you've got students on campus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Right. What the hell is a residence life office? Okay. So when you've got students that live on campus, yeah, they're either living in accommodation that's owned by the university or leased by the university to external, uh, like uni lodge or um, sometimes there are religious, like Christian. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if students are living on a student residence going to a uni, there's got to be some kind of liaison between the university itself and the student residences in order to keep them, like retain them over years, I suppose, or um, integrate the student residence life in with the university life. Um, and they call that residence life. Oh, wow. I suppose. That's, and so you were doing that liaison? Well, looking into it, there was a kind of a short-term project into seeing how it could uh, work out. But I didn't feel... I didn't feel like my time there was best spent because in order to do that job, um, I had to put my child in before and after school care. So she was in before school care at 7 o'clock in the morning and yep. I'd pick her up about 6 p.m. at night, take her home. By the time he gets to travel home in Canberra, it's a 45-minute commute. She's go exhausted. To bed. Yeah. And I'm like, she's miserable, I'm miserable. It's not worth the money. It was good yep. money, but it was just it's just not sustainable. That was a good five months of money. and Good five months of money, which was equivalent to like a normal 12 months worth of Oh, lovely. Wages. So I then took a bit of time, started a business, closed the business. What was the business? It you can't just go, I started a business, <laughs> then closed the business. There's a whole bunch of shit that went on in the middle there, Vanessa. This is, I mean, it, this, isn't a, this isn't a speech at a wedding, mate. You can't I skip know. over important details. Oh. <laughs> um, it was like flat online florist. So I delivered oh, nice. flowers, which was wow. super fun um, and it was really interesting. It smelt good. Flowers stink. Yeah, I've, I've stink pretty. No. What I've do you mean flowers stink? Come on, flowers. So when you think of a nice smelling flower, what do you think of? I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Um, <laughs> um, <what>? I like, <laughs> I, 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 believe it or not, yeah. my, uh, my floristry knowledge is not <laughs> tip top. Well, I used to think flowers smell nice. Yeah. And sometimes depending on the flowers, you know, my apartment would smell quite beautiful, like if it was a type of lily or maybe if I got a certain type of roses. Okay, so that's this is the thing. Now, I know about flowers. Okay. I know roughly what my wife likes. She likes lilies Yep. Um, and something else. Yeah. Um, she doesn't uh, – not what is it? The, the big the, – they're like a sunflowery type thing. So a sunflower? I want to say – no, 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 not that big. But they're like – they're you know, the ones that look what like – color. Between oh, they come in all different colors. Oh God, okay. Between they're, they're you know they're sort of like between uh, gerbera maybe. Do they gerbera? Look, do they look like what do they look? Oh like? yeah, so they do look like a, I suppose they look like a sunflower. Between a daisy thing. and a sunflower. Yeah, sort but of. they don't smell. Or they smell like they smell like all daisy type flowers. They've got that kind of um, like a dandelion type smell. It's almost like a sappy. Uh, yeah, with well, the lilies smell. So, so I'll get her a bunch of flowers. That go, yeah, bit of that, bit of that, and um. Oh, look at yeah. you getting flowers. Yeah, or if we see so sometimes, if I go yeah. to the florist, I do that. Yeah. And or if we're um at the supermarket, I'll just let the boys, the kids. Pick oh, them that's really sweet. Because um yeah. yeah, and then they get to hand them over. <laughs> but obviously, all the time they go for the like you know oh look at this because it's just like oh we've got a few groceries oh let's get a bunch of flowers yeah. from something yeah, you know twenty sure. twenty five bucks. You know, they, they're like, oh, look at these. What, these are 45 bucks. Yeah, it's yeah, probably, probably a bit more than a spur of the moment. Uh, this one over here. <laughs> yeah. For 45 bucks, I'll go to a proper florist. Yeah. Like, you know, pay pay a little bit, pay yeah. the 10 bucks extra and get a, a mm. bunch of flowers that'll last a little bit longer. But yeah. anyway, it's uh, it's a how to, uh, how to Impress Your Wife podcast now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, fla- the flower business was actually really fun and it kind of opened my eyes out to loving Canberra a little bit more because... Um, the, 
Canberra comes across as such a sterile environment and everything for the most part is like nine to five and there's always two major peak hours. You don't have like the the late night uh, business type things that like everything seems to shut down and close. I don't know. I've been there in the middle of the city (laughs) late at night and there's... uh, there's, there's a few things that are open. There's that. Uh, there's a kebab shop oh, I yes. know of. I've frequented a few times. And there's a very, very busy taxi rank right in the middle of the city. Yeah, can. one can stand in for hours. <laughs> that's uh, See, I, that's the kind of thing. I've walked home from the city before because I hated waiting in the line. Yeah. Um, and I'm hating watching people like, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it when someone jumps in a line, jumps the line? Cue jump. Cue jump. Cue yeah, jumping. Cut in line. Like now they've got people who are paid to monitor taxi ranks now oh. and just they get their little numbers and stuff. And God, what's the world coming to? But I, I just kind of went, I don't wear heels out anymore. <laughs> Look how simple and boring I am. Um, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to walk home. What about the predators? I've got keys. <laughs> what about the predators? The predator. I mean, good movies, but Great what? Movie. <laughs> I I, I doubt it's going to be a problem. Attackers, yeah. what are you people, like mean people that are going to kill you with knives if you walk home by yourself as a woman? Oh, okay. Yeah. What about the Predators? I was like, oh, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll probably watch one of them when I get home, but I don't think I'm up for watching all of them. So. Um, but yeah, so what I loved about it is seeing, because I would handwrite all the notes as well. And so when people would write a little note and want to get flowers delivered, I started loving seeing the interactions between people. Um, and then when you go to an office where you think like a board, like the ATO or something like that, and you mm. walk up there and you give this person a, a note that you know what's written inside it and the look on their face when they get it. And I'm like, oh, Canberra's a beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was nice. Um, but then I just, again, the time spent doing it. Um, so it'd be early mornings getting everything ready, all day deliveries, late at night doing admin and I'd be sleeping like two hours a night. And the options in my head was to expand and employ people um, or it was to just stop it and do something different. And again, looking like far forward. Let's go. (laughs) I'm big into making decisions. (laughs) Pretty much. But for me, it was the idea whereas if I was to turn to a company and start employing people, then I was responsible for their futures and I did not want to have that responsibility. Like making sure that they were going to get the wages and everything. And at this point in time, I started doing comedy and I started writing and I found I didn't have time for it. And so for me, in order to love my life a little bit more, I didn't want to spend the time managing a company or whatever. I would rather write. So Fair enough. So can I, I just, I'm curious <laughs> about these notes because oh, you yes. hand wrote the notes. Yep. One, that means you've got decent handwriting. I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That'd be the first barrier to entry to that job for me. <laughs> yep. Um, but like obviously lots of nice notes. Yeah. Weird shit ever? A few. Yeah. What, what are point, we talking about? This oh, is the bit that gets me. Like, because I love the idea. Because, you know, <laughs> you ring up and like, were they ordering on the internet or were they ordering? Yes, it's all oh. online. See, because there's one thing to ring up and mm. tell your message down a phone line. Yes. To a person on the other end. It's another That would thing. be more confronting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've had to do it. And even a ne- normal, like, lovey message. Yeah. Is hard to say to it a seventy-year-old lady. To, what and what would you like the card to say, love? It's like, oh, um, uh, oh, I, I think she's pretty tough. But what would you like the card to say? Like, you feel like yeah. you're going to caveat stuff. It's just like I'm leaving my wife for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> something like. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Did you ever get that sort of stuff? Didn't get that, but I got a few really uncomfortable. Um, uh, very uncomfortable messages to the point where Go I started on. thinking, share, share. Oh, I totally will. Ethically, should I be delivering this? Should I return this person's money? Like that's, and that's where. Wow. I know. And there, uh, there's a couple that come to mind. I'm thinking of this one person who, because you also get regulars, like regular recipients and regular senders. And I remember delivering to this other young woman. Uh, it's probably the third time I was doing it. And when I went to, it was at her workplace this time. So I knew her home address. I knew her workplace. Like if you ever want to stalk someone, you know, spend a year setting up a business where you, someone has to send in all of this information. Yeah. It seems like a lot of effort and you're relying on third parties though. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's a, If you want to stalk someone, but you're yeah. not too fussy about who it is you get to stalk. <laughs> or if this, yeah, this is the really psycho in me. This could make a good movie actually. Somebody who was very really wanted to stalk one person in particular, 
built this business around the idea knowing that they full well will either use it in some form, whether they're a recipient or a sender, and then... Holy shit. That, that's, that's skin a, suit type stuff. Yeah, that is. That's, that's a lot lotion of in the basket. <laughs> that's lotion in the basket. But all of the most epic, um, you know, murder, serial killer type stuff, they do have that very deeply entrenched, you know, effort that goes into the one person or, oh, I feel creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard to, you know, I'd say mm. you're not a real, um, real sort of serial killer stalker unless you've got an ABN. Absolutely. Um, to go with it. <laughs> But yeah, so the third time I was delivering to her and I brought it to her and she flat out rejected them. She said, I can't take these. Can you not deliver anything to me ever again? Like she wasn't being rude to me at all. She's just like, if I ever get something from this person again, can you just not deliver it? Wow. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can easily just refund the money. And that made me go, oh my goodness. And then it also opened my eyes up to oh, reading. Do I have to refund the money? <laughs> well, I would have to <laughs> in my own mind. Um, that said, I've got a story about not refunding money, which I'll tell you in a second. Um, but it opened up my eyes to reading the messages that people would write and seeing if there was actually like a deeper meaning behind something that they'd said and not just. So what were the sort of stuff that person was saying? Was um, it all fairly standard? It was all just or? very, very standard normal. I thought that this guy just really, to the point where I was ready to say, um, you know, on your next order, I'd like to deliver it to you for free because they were utilizing the business and sending these things regularly. So when you do that to a customer, you say, Hey, you know, this is really beautiful and sweet. Um, I'll throw in free delivery. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, the delivery was always included in the price, but I'll your next order, use this promotional code and you will get it for free. I was this close for that one. And then I kind of went, oh my God, you can't, you just never know. It all depends on what your mind frame is or what your kind of well, personal philosophy is around things where you just don't see that there could be something sinister behind the, something uh, so lovely. The, of, often the difference between stalking and and romance is is entirely in Consent. the context of the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. It's, it's, it's so yeah, what would seem on the surface mm. if cuz you don't know the the background of the relationship. Yeah. So they, these two might um if they knew each other and they were in a mm. committed relationship that then the context is very the yeah. makes it very romantic. It does. If um they they just happen to catch the same bus and that's the extent of their relationship prior <laughs> that to it's the flowers. Very, very creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's a completely different uh, scenario. So funny. So she didn't want you to deliver anymore. So she's got. Yeah. He's, he's obviously got a home address and a work address. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. So from then on, I was just a little bit more. Uh, I probably got a bit more clinical about because at first I just I loved the. Uh, like you said, the romance of this business, this idea, because I'm like, I'm only ever doing good and people are so happy to get flowers and so happy to be surprised. Um, but then I started realising that's actually not the way of it. And while I think something's so lovely and good, it's possibly not really at all. Yeah, that's. I, I'm sure you can tell by the way they react. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the time too. But um, so what, like, did you ever get insight into like, not in that sort of that level of creepy, but just like, oh man, I did a little too much about your relationship here. Very much so. Um, I kind of limited the amount of words to 25 words or something like that. Yep. But no one ever listens to that. You know, if they want to say something, they're going to say it. And I couldn't, on the website, I didn't think to actually cap the ability to put. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Well, for me, I just thought if you want to say something and then you're limited to a certain amount, it's like Twitter, for example. Sometimes the joke or the update that you're putting out there doesn't come across as well in that short message. And so you either choose not to throw it out or you reword it or you do it in two or three different tweets. I kind of looked at it like that and I'm like, I don't want to limit people's, you know, love message. Like I'll give them a guideline and most people would um, stick to it. But if there had to be more written in there, I'm happy to do it. But for me, it was more about time because I'd have to write all these letters out and I would do that the night before or the morning of or even on the road, depending if people were still ordering when I was delivering. Um, And that's just an extra two or three minutes per delivery that when you add it all up comes to another hour in your day and you just don't have time. So it was a a business decision. Um, But, yeah, some people went on and on and on forever and you kind of go, and if someone's saying sorry for a reason, um, I don't know if you've ever done something wrong, um, but sometimes you need to be very specific about what you're sorry for, like, why are you sorry? You don't even know why you're sorry for. So, there's so those what, things. come on, give me an example. Oh, what I'm sort of stuff? To think. Um, oh, 
Oh, I remember it. one that was actually very short and I was like, what is this? I think it was, I'm really sorry about, oh, I was just going to say, I'm really sorry about your sister. But that would sound like maybe something tragic happened to the sister. Um, but it wasn't. It seemed like something was, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, but no. it, there was no more information. Half of me goes, like, you could write some stories about. Like, when you're writing it down, your brain kind of goes into the psyche of the person writing it. And you're like, what did they do? Yeah. Do you ever get tempted? It's like, what did you do? I have. What did you do? I have Googled people and Facebook stalked a couple of people where I wasn't <laughs> sure. Are you serious? <laughs> when I wasn't sure about. Um, the consent issues on the yeah, other end. Yeah, like it, it started getting yeah. in my head. Well, that's what, that's the old saying, yeah. fight stalking with stalking. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> important. When did you cross the line and become the, the stalker? Becomes I'd like the to stalked. call it research. <laughs> that's it. Yes, it's the classic, the hunter becomes the hunted. Then yeah. You're hunting the most, you're stalking the most dangerous uh, game of all, <laughs> the stalker. The stalker. Oh, God. But, yeah, this I remember this is a bit that um, I'm not 100% proud of. But I don't think anyone who would have ordered this would be listening to this podcast. Okay. Um, so when the decision was made, oh, I don't even know. I always remember the sentiments, but I don't really remember the details around it. But I'm going to say there was a decision made at Parliament that would prevent homosexuals from uh, marriage. Was you know marriage equality or whatever so it was. So was there? Oh, there was a brief period in the ACT yeah. where the um, the ACT government uh, legalised yep. gay marriage in the ACT. Yeah. Um, legalised in in inverted commas in that the marriage acts are like Commonwealth. Heaps of people got yeah. Well, the, the yeah. marriage acts are Commonwealth Act, so yeah. they they sort of you know mm. legal arguments around it, but it really never was a. Um, thing and then the federal government obviously yeah. stepped in and said no. Yeah. Um, but there was a brief period there where, in the ACT, for all intents and purposes, um, yeah, gay marriage was was legal. Mm. I was actually thinking in my head then was it was it marriage equality or was it something else? But no, it definitely was marriage equality because I remember I got more flower orders in that twenty four hour period than I would normally get on a day that wasn't Mother's Day or really? Valentine's Day. So many. And so what it was, it was just all these people ordering flowers to be put on Parliament House and Parliament House was full of them. Like every other flor- florist and delivery company in, Aust- in Canberra was so busy that morning um, thanking uh, the government for stopping that from becoming a, a, a real thing. Oh, you serious? Now, when I first got the first one, I was just like, I'm going to refund that person's money because I'm not delivering that because – and I spoke to – a couple of different people in business that I was, that I'd like to bounce ideas off. And they were just like, well, this is where you need to kind of, you know, it's, it's not personal, it's business. And I'm like, this is, I'm not, I cannot in full consciousness, um, do this at all. And they said, well, the other option you got, you have is to keep the money, just say you delivered it and deliver the, you know, have more stock for somebody else. And you just make more money that day. And I sat on that for ages and ages and actually refunded about 10 orders at first and I only usually do 30 in a day, refunded 10 orders and then they kept coming in, kept coming in, kept coming in, kept coming in. And the messages that they would write were so offensive to me. And it's not even, you know, it's not even an issue that affects me yeah, yeah. Um, directly. But I, I just couldn't. But it's like anyone trolling anyone. Yeah. It's, and you so, don't want to be party to it. Yeah. And so I got kind of um, impassioned at first and um, was like, no, no, I'm going to do everything right because, you know, ethically for me, I'm not going to deliver them, but I'm going to return their money. And, you know, do I, in my head, I'm like, do I write them a note to say that, I'm sorry, this is not something that I can do, you know, please go and visit another florist. And then after the first 10, I just stopped. I just went, by great, look, no one, they're not even going to know if it gets delivered or not. And there are so many that go up there to the point where one of my contractor delivery guys said, what I do is I drop them off and then I talk to the security guards. I go back there at lunchtime, pick them all up and take them to nursing homes. Oh, what yeah, a good honestly. guy. And he goes, just figure out your standpoint on it and then just roll with it because it's not going to mean anything else to anyone else. That's, um, yeah, that's great. Take them to nursing homes for mm. obviously the, um, you know, with the amount of funerals they have there, mm. there's, there's always a need for flowers. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So it was just, it was really weird. I'm still not hundred percent comfortable with it having now revisited it. You know what, you know what, um, would have been. Uh, a great way to troll back, yeah, is um, <laughs> is take the money, yep, 
Um, and then donate it to... And then, yeah, donate it to a marriage <laughs> equality uh, oh, campaign or something like that. And just um, mm. and then just after, once you've taken the money, process yeah. it all, just... Um, just sent them a thank you note. You're uh, you're welcome. You're de- yeah. I've yeah, seen someone a percentage did that. from every uh, every sale over this twenty four periods has been donated to uh, <laughs> Marriage Equality Australia. And yeah, it's really yeah. Should have troll back because that's that is that's a weird instinct. Like I, I get the like I don't know, you get it, but like mm. you can see that I understand that there are people who uh, yeah. are against marriage equality. Um, Fine, have your political view, whatever. Yeah. Right? And not my view. I don't agree with it. Mm. I don't agree with being... Okay, I'm pro-gay marriage. <laughs> yes. Cool. Um. So, and I understand people having different opinions. Yeah, of course. But to the point where you're sending... That's such Flowers. a weird... A weird... It is. ...action to do, to send flowers to federal parliament to thank them for... One, like who's... Who's going to get them? Getting them. Two, like what, like the only, the only thing you're doing is like, is basically hurting people who, like, who uh, were pro-gay marriage. You're you're hurting people in same-sex relationships who wanted to get married, Mm. were very excited about it. And now there's a very visible symbol of how much you don't care for them. Very much so. Which is really, like, I, I get that you might want them to get married, but to... If you have, like, there's no grace in winning a political victory like that. That's that's just horrible. Again, this this business opened my eyes up to the different types of people that literally in my neighbourhood. And I I kind of tend to work on spectrums rather than being very black and white. Um, But I know a lot of people who are quite black and white and businesses. I know a lot of people on the spectrum, so. (laughs) Well, I know more people now on the spectrum too, which is probably yeah. why I love comedy so much because you're just around more people who think within that kind of a realm. But I was I was thinking the, there were people that would just send it to Parliament and yep. I knew full well what it was for. There are people who would write quite a long letter about the specific reasons as to why they were sending these flowers. And I'm like, is this person worse than this person? Is this... Um, in my head I was like, oh, look, that person's not so bad. I still disagree with what they're doing. But then at the end of the day, I just whenever someone says to me, you need to draw a line, and I'm really crap at drawing lines because I jump over either side. I'm a fence sitter at some things as well. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel comfortable being so staunchly one way or the other. Um, but then someone said, just you just got to draw a line with this one, and my line was any support, whether it was nothing written or a very, very bigoted, <laughs> drawn-out response. Like to the point where I was almost on the verge of tears reading and I can't not read it because it comes in on an internet form and it was part yeah. of the business. I'd read it and I'm like, oh, my God, these people are And you've got to read the whole thing. You've got to <laughs> yeah. read the whole thing in case at the end it says, is what I would say if I was a horrible, bigoted homophobe. Yes. You know, I obviously <laughs> don't believe all the things ahead, above. So the you gotta, big reveal at the end. Yeah. yeah. And you're like probably just hoping like hell that that would happen at the end. The hate speech version yeah. of, yeah. and I woke up and it was all a dream. And it just kind of made me go, flowers are crap. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm definitely depending on what's being written, stuff like that. I get this different is, feelings about it. This I'm is <laughs> certainly the other, like, I've never thought of the darker side of yeah. floristry, but yeah, there must be. Yeah, has to be. Wow. Did you ever have to, like, put together anything that you just went, Jesus, this is tacky? Like, for like, a, you know, so every now and then, like, people have the their wreaths for a funeral yeah. or something like that. And you just go, wow, that's okay. That's got its own style. The thing about the business was is that I would just pick the freshest flowers um, and do a different arrangement every day. So everyone got the same arrangement on that day. So you'd have to order ahead and to ensure that you would get it on the day because they were limited. And so it kind of built this market for people being happy with whatever came across and being excited when, oh, my gosh, it's amazingly my so favourite flower. So you only got funerals for people who weren't well liked? Well, well, I never did really funerals or anything. I didn't do anything outside of just a small bunch of flowers and there was everyone got the same thing. Oh, um, nice. And so... I've forgotten what the question was. Oh, oh yeah, so tacky. But I would go to my supplier and they would have customers coming in and picking and choosing different things and asking for different things. And one of the young girls there that I got along really well with was putting together this disgusting arrangement of, I'm not a big fan of roses, but it was red roses and baby's breath. And what, what is baby's breath? Okay, baby's breath are these tiny little white flowers that are on very fine spindly stems, but they're like a good filler flower. They can 
They're very flexible. There's lots of little ones so you can put them in different places and they look good. That's a creepy name. Baby's Breath. Yeah. Maybe because it's so... Well, baby, Baby's Breath is one of my favourite things, as in actual breath of a baby, not the flower. Um, you, you like the smell of sort of well, partially stale of, milk? Well, see, it, but it smells so pure. It's only when children get bacteria in their mouth that they get stinky breath. But when a newborn baby, like, is breathing right next to you... Take me back to, <laughs> to Chloe. Oh my God. It was my favorite thing to smell. Like I just like lean over her, check if she's still breathing, and then just. See, is that yeah. weird? Oh my God. No, no, no. babies, <laughs> newborn babies do have a cool smell. Yeah. But like it's like, yeah. I don't know if it's the breath. The, I just remember. <laughs> I, just, I remember my boys just like, you get that burp, and they just burp, and it's just that. Weird, or like that kind of, of acidic vomit smell, maybe. Yeah, or? just that weird, just milky. Well, that's burp. That's coming smell. from deep below, but just like, just in and out of the lungs. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, I am a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so creepy. Um, but yeah, so that it was just this disgusting arrangement, and she wanted it placed in like a lantern. I'm just looking at this lantern that's um, at your place, and it was kind of like that with a candle that they brought in. And I looked at it and she looked at it too. And she goes, I promise that wasn't my creation. Because some people come in and say, just make me something with a bit of pink or make me something that's going to make someone happy. And that's when florists get all really excited because they get to create and they've got this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what I liked about the way that I did the business because I could choose and make something that I was happy with and everyone got it. That was yeah. what you got. Um, and at the end of the day, if someone didn't like it, I'd be like, well, I thought it was beautiful. So Flowers whatever. in a lantern. That is, I'm picturing this being delivered to a house where there's a lot of those, you know, you used to see them in the... Garden gnomes? That's what no, I picture. <laughs> no, no, I'm picturing a little bit darker than garden gnomes. I'm picturing, you know, those, um, those like, almost like cast iron, like those, oh, it, they look uh, with wizards holding like a marble. Yes, yes, you know, yes, that I know what you mean. Yep. There's a dragon coming over top. Probably that also too. Also holding a marble. Yeah. Um, what, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, always those like yeah, those weird sort of statues. Yeah. That are, and then they're holding like a marble type thing or a crystal. Yep. And stuff. Yeah, I'm picturing that. Yeah, yeah, a lot I of can that see in that. The house. And it's, for some reason in my mind, it smells like they smoke in the house. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And yep. they wear like... Moo-moos and... <laughs> oh, wow. I wasn't judging them that hard. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, there's no accounting for takes sometimes. Oh, man. So, Floristry quit. Comedy started. Yeah. Gig tonight. Where yeah. are we gigging tonight? Happy Endings. Happy Endings in King's Cross. Yep. One of, uh, one of the best rooms in Sydney. I love well, that I'm room. excited. This is the first time I've done this room. So oh, really? Yeah. I'm quite happy about it. And I think Fiona O'Loughlin's headlining. So Fiona O'Loughlin is headlining there tonight. Yeah, um, I only found that out like two days ago and I was like, sweet. Oh, by the time you're listening to this, Fiona O'Loughlin was headlining there last weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you obviously, you've, you've done, uh, you're up here for the Sydney Fringe Festival. Yeah, um, you've did Canberra comedy. Obviously, you're heavily involved with. Yep. What would you like to plug that's coming up? Because we're coming to that time yeah. of the podcast. What are we? Canberra Comedy up? Festival is coming up on twenty second to the twenty sixth, I think, of this month. Of March. Of March. Very yep. good. Um, and my show is on the Friday and the Saturday, twenty fourth and twenty fifth at seven o'clock at Civic Pub in Braddon. And what's it called? Your show. Uh, it's called. It's a split bill with a. Uh, mainly Melbourne-based comedian Tanya Lasano, and it's just called Double Feature. Like nothing nice. fancy. It's two of us. We thought that's logical. People will get it. <laughs> yeah. I did it. The very first show I ever did, I did a split bill with a bloke called Dave Keeshan, yep. an Irish guy. He lives back in Ireland now. Big shout out to Dave if he's listening. Great guy. <laughs> very funny man. Um, and he, uh, we, we had a split bill called One Man Show. <laughs> Good. And a lot of people didn't get it. It was yep. a bit weird. We thought that was a really clever sort yeah. of funny name. Isn't yeah, that funny no. though? Like you, you think something, you're like, oh, they're going to get that. And everyone's like, did you just at the last minute decision, was it a mistake? Was it an error? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it was all, it was very well thought out. We even had a post. <laughs> our poster was, do you remember the Ides of March poster? The movie, The Ides of March? Oh. With, um, oh what was his name? Uh, basically, it was a, a movie where, uh, what's he, really good looking guy used to be on ER, George Clooney. Of course. Yep. Uh, it was a, a politician and. Um, oh, maybe. What was his name? I'm going to Google it and I'll be like, The guy nope. from Drive. Really, another really good looking guy. Um, <laughs> come on. We just watched the Oscars. He was in La La Land. Ah, oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So, Ryan Gosling played his, and I'm, I'm 100% I've got these right. Ryan Gosling played his sort of like um, political advisor, the man behind right the man. Right, sure, sort of yep. Thing. 
And so um, the cover was the co- the poster for that movie was um, Ryan Gosling holding up a folded over Time magazine to his face. Oh on, yes, yep, I know exactly what you're Time talking magazine, about now. Yeah, George Clooney's face. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, is this the uh, something about Man for America or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Um, Oh, the new face of America or something like yeah. that. And then um, the other half of the face was, was Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So we did that as our <laughs> poster. Um, turns out, though, Dave and I have radically different, different shaped heads. Yes. So it was just this mismatch of... <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. My, oh. I got my cousin to do it right. My cousin's a... He was a previous Rafa. guest on the... Um, on the podcast, no, he's a he's an animator, three D oh, animator. Oh. So he's working. Like he just finished Next working level. on Lego Lego Batman. He's working yeah, cool. on the Lego Ninjago movie now. Like so, he's that sort mm. of. Um, uh, you know, he I wonder did, if he uh, knows one of my friends. I don't know. Talk about later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so he actually like he started to do it in Photoshop, and because our heads were so different, he actually had to do it in his three D animation <gasps> software to make it work. That's really cool, though. Mm. See, yeah. in, my, in my head, when you started describing the poster, I'm just like, you could have just done face off. <laughs> yeah. Similar, but I think yours is way more classy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we had a mad magazine, though, for the magazine. Oh, even better. Magazine. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. So, you've got that coming up, yep. uh, the Split Building Canberra. Are you coming to Sydney for the Sydney Comedy Festival at all? I'm trying to get down here as much as I can. When is it on again? Sydney Comedy Festival's late, I think, starts late April, runs through to sort of mid. Uh, Mid-May. Yeah. I don't think I've booked into many things from there, but I definitely will. I'll be in Melbourne for Melbourne Comedy Festival as well. I'll be popping in on a show that a lot of young female comedians from ACT are doing called Act Like a Lady. Get it? ACT, Act Like oh, a Lady. Yeah. yeah. so I'll pop in and MC and do a few spots in those during the festival. But um, other than that, I, have a, I haven't planned too far ahead from there because I'm still writing my Canberra show. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> So if anyone wants to uh, find out more, come along, see you, what mm-hmm. would be the best way to find out about that? Uh, socials? Socials, definitely. So Twitter is at Vanessa Louise 85 I need to change that, but I haven't been bothered to figure out how to do that yet. And then Instagram, I put everything on Instagram and I'm just at V Conlon, C-O-N-L-I-N. Nice. Well, thank you very much for popping thanks in. Thanks for having me. I'll let you get back to your hen's party. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for being part of it. No worries. Thanks so much. See ya.